What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marn, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have a Baltimore legend, Theo Washington, of CEO of Theo Washington Casting. How are you, Theo? I'm great. I'm great. I love that intro. Hey. Yeah, you're a legend. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, not, not many legends come out of Baltimore, so... You definitely no, no. Actually, we do. I don't, and I don't know if I'm old enough to be a legend yet. But we have big legends in every field, every area. You know, two games at once. Like we, we got legends. Baltimore is very legendary. Yeah, you know? maybe I got to do a little bit more research on that as yeah. well. And, and, yeah, and let me share a fun fact about my city. Um, fun fact is Baltimore was once the wealthiest city in America. Um, and this was because we had banking industry, we had the railroad industry, we had um, we we had a lot of things going, and we had the first air conditioned building in America as well. And it, it's just a whole bunch of fun facts and firsts for Baltimore. But we were that city, and we still are, you know. Ooh, anyway. Know and then the crab cakes, obviously known for the crab absolutely the, the crab blue crabs, the crab cakes, the crab legs, all that. Yeah. Like we, yeah. Whatever you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. People people are wearing the drive from Virginia all the way to Baltimore just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, other cities try to do it. But the problem is they put too much filler. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't play that filler stuff. You're not no. putting bread <laughs> up in my crab crepe. I want all the crab meat. Yeah. I want all the crab. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now a breakdown on who Theo Washington is, you know, growing up in Baltimore. What was that? What was that like for you growing up? Baltimore. Oh man. So it was amazing because I had, so I, I often say like Baltimore is a tale of two cities or five cities, whatever. But my, my childhood was amazing because my parents were, um, in the industry and I was predominantly raised by my mom who was, um, a label rep. So outside of Baltimore, I also lived in New York as a kid. My mom worked for RCA, EMI, Motown, Reprise. So I'm always like seeing everything front hand. And I just always knew I wanted a a cool job. But, you know, back then we didn't have Facebook and um, Twitter and stuff like that where you could prove it. So I'm telling people like, yo, I just met Janet Jackson. And they're like, oh, you're you're a liar. Like, no. And then, you know, towards the end of the school year, I remember one time my mom brought, um, Boys the Men, ABC, mm. and um, I'm and who else was it? Uh, MC Brains, and I don't know if anybody is old enough to know those people, but she brought them to my school, and it was like, oh, Theo was telling the truth. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my childhood was amazing. It was fun, yeah. um, and yeah, you you, you need you need pictures now to prove everything. Oh, I have all the pictures. Actually, on my yeah. Instagram, I keep them, and I do my Janet Jackson picture of me and her when I was a kid. I post it probably like <laughs> every time it's her birthday, and yeah. I'm like, I keep getting this Janet Jackson realness. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I have all the photos on my Instagram for sure. Phew, so growing up, so you were surrounded by music all your life, pretty much. Even like, cause you mentioned Boys to Men and ABC, like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And my whoa. mom also uh, worked for Loud for Wu-Tang. And I remember <laughs> I was like in sixth grade when the double CD came out and she had their van um, that she had to take back because she was a label rep. So she would have to take them 
um, you know, to the different radio stations and record stores that we had back then. Yeah. <laughs> and um, me and my friend next door were like, oh, my God, this is probably Method Man's blunt. Oh, my God, this is probably Raekwon's uh, lighter. Like, And my mother was like, ah, no, no, this is not it. This is not the light. So, what? Yeah. Loud Records. A lot of my favorite rappers came from that label, Big Pun. Uh-huh. The Alcoholics. The Alcoholics, um, yes. Mob Deep yeah. was a part of him for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Loud Records was the shit. It was. Steve um, Rifkin. Steve Rifkin, Steve, yeah. Steve and yeah. John Rifkin. And they yeah. actually, um, fun fact about them is they got the licensing to um, the X-Men. So I had the whole X-Men DVD collection and I had... Either the Sega, is it a Sega or they did some other licensing with like a game console. So I used to get the games before I was like a kid gamer. So I, you know, Uh, by proxy. So I would try everything out before everybody else did and reap a lot of the benefits. I think it was, it was Sega. I think it it was. Sega. Okay. Yeah. It was Sega Genesis. I think it was that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, because my next question was going to be inspiration wise, what was that like? Who inspired you growing up? But it seems like you were, you probably had so much inspiration, but can you pinpoint a little bit? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of inspiration. Like, I knew I wasn't going to work a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely being on tour and just seeing my mom's flexibility, like I was like, yo, she gets a company car, an account. She gets to like go into a fly office and be with celebrities. I want to do that shit. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm sorry. Can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, I want to, I want to do that. So, um, I actually ended up getting into Sony. Um, that was my first job, like my first label job. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was not for it. Like she was not excited about it, but, um, it, it was great. I was with them for five years. It was amazing. I was like a kid and, um, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. So your mom was, cause your mom probably saw like the trials and tribulations of, of being in a label and working at a label. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, I don't want, I don't want that for you. Cause she I don't did want, not want it. Actually the big pun, I'm not a player. I just fuck a lot record made her retire. And I don't think it was just that record alone, but the music industry started to take a shift and it mm-hmm. started to get very dark. Like she was there when it was like the good girls and boys, the men, and just like all the fun, um, all the fun things that music was like Luther and Whitney, like, ah, what? like it was happy. And then it started coming to man, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Like she just saw that shift and she's like, this is not a place where I want my kids, you know, like this music industry is shifting. And she actually is quoted in billboard for saying, I think I have, I can find the quote, but she was like, if we don't change the music for today, our kids tomorrow are fucked. I don't know if she said fuck, but it was something like that. Yeah. And um, she went to the extreme, left New York, went back to our row house in Baltimore, didn't have a backup plan. And she got like super religious. And it was like, you know, no HBO. It's hell's best offer. Cinemax is sending to the max. And my uh, childhood was like, er, holds it. And, you know, church it was. So she eventually um, got a label with um, Universal. So it was gospel. So she took that shift, um, trying to make a difference. But gospel, gospel motherfuckers, they be trash too. Yeah, they be really trashy. (laughs) I'm going to say, I don't know if that's a little bit of a clean slate, but yeah. 
I was just about to say that. I don't know if that's a nah, full on nah. clean slate, <laughs> but that's fucking crazy. So big pun pretty much was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Yeah, she she was like, no, because it's like I used to steal her CDs. Like I remember she had Sunset Park soundtrack, and it was the worst song ever it was uh but it was my jam and back mm-hmm. then you played a tape and the the cd and write it down because you you know we didn't have like the the ipods and the ipad nah. so like she i think she saw my lyrics for junior mafia if you ain't suck you know we don't want, want it. it we don't yeah. want it and then another one that was on loud that i used to steal um, cause she would have her, you, they would give her stuff to give to like the tastemakers and the DJs and, you know, just the cool people. So the record could break. Um, cause we didn't have social media back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I used, I stole Akinelli. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So to put it in your mouth. So I stole that from her and I think she probably saw that. And then the loonies, I got five on it. Oh. I didn't even know what I had five on, but I was writing that stuff down. Like I got five on mm-hmm, it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was like, no, Wow, no, no, that's crazy. You're making me want to go back to because I have a I have a booklet full of CDs and it's just like I went from Rock Kim mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Um, Diggable Planets to Mob Deep to Shine to I have a whole booklet full of like just CDs and it's just all old school big pun as we mentioned. It's just yeah, wow. Yeah, do you still do you have a CD booklet at all? Do you still carry like? CD booklets at all or not? You're just like past all that. No, I wish I did, but it's like I don't know what I would do. Like I went through like a little minimalism phase, so it's a Mm. lot of things that I got rid of. Yeah, I I just keep it for the nostalgia and for the feel of the booklets. Like Mm -hmm. I I have it like where I have the booklet and I have the CD in the back. Yo, I I love that, and that's what I miss most about music is because like. I love seeing who produced what. Like, I was mm-hmm. a music nerd. And, mm-hmm. like, I could tell you who produced, who did the vocals, you know, who mixed and mastered it. Like, I just, I knew all of the things. And it's like, we don't get that today. Nope. Um, nope. And then also technology, you know, also X'd out a lot of the different um, yeah. conditions that people had. At that what, what, what made me love the most about the book is the thank you part. The thank yes. you sections. Is oh like, my God. Yo. The so thing. yeah. I got my first thank you and it was everything. Um, it was a rapper from Bermuda named he was a reggae rapper. His name was Collie Buds. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember he gave him. me a thank you in his album. He gave my whole team a thank you by name. And I was like, oh my God, I made it. Oh, snap. <laughs> that's yeah. a different, that's a different, but that's what let that's what some if you're smart enough, that's what leads you to learn the people behind the music. Yep. People that push it, the people that that mm-hmm. like, you know, because you know, you have the street team, you have the street mm-hmm. team, you had the um you had the executives, and you, you know, back then you had to actually um give the album three months in advance before it mm-hmm. dropped for a yep. review. It's not like today where I can make a song today and drop it by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's just that and the whole nostalgia thing is just, it, it, it it's completely dead. But yeah. uh, so I'm glad that you and I kind of got kind of got to experience that. And then, it, yeah, it's just a whole, it's a different feeling, man. Kids today don't understand that. And like having to like, they have yet have, have to get the, like the CD. Uh, what is it? I forgot the, where you put the CD into to, the Walkman. Um, mm-hmm. And then, 
if if you you have to get the right Walkman though, because the wrong step, if you made like the wrong step, it's mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. it's like, yes. oh my gosh, the Walkman. Yes. Yeah. So and then, but you had to be very, and you had to create your playlist. You had to create mm-hmm. your yeah. It was a whole because you couldn't just like you couldn't just grab one album and put it in because sometimes that whole album is like one hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and then you gotta skip the wax song. So mm-hmm. the person who knew how to like make cds for you like yo can you make a cd for me I got yeah. they were like legend they were mm-hmm. they ruled the school okay mm-hmm. they were I, it i was one of them i was oh you was that guy you I was, was that, that guy. guy i was like yo can you make me a fab cd but like can you just skip this track and this track i'm like yeah it's gonna cost you ten dollars though yep yep of course hey. buddy like I, that was my that was the first cd i ever made was the fabulous ghetto fabulous Oh my God. That was the first wow. one. And I gave it to my boy because he helped me during a fight. So I was like, you know what? Since you helped me during a fight, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just <laughs> give it to you for three dollars. He's like, three dollars? Oh fuck, I put blood, sweat, and tears in helping you. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give you for free, whatever. Uh, and then and then he just got word got around this white boy knows how to make cds and then shine i introduced shine to my middle school in virginia what? yeah nobody knew who shine was because i had that whole like i mentioned in the last episode i had this whole thing where ll cool j was mm-hmm. my was the my go-to guy when it came to styles like i did the whole mm-hmm. one leg up and then like the whole Nietzsche and the whole i was yeah i was ll cool j was my guy oh and, my god yeah, it was like Aniche, it was a Fubu, and then there was Mecca, mm-hmm. all of that jazz. It was Dada, it was um mm-hmm. I saw Casey's doing cross colors. I went crazy, like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she definitely knows how to do that. It's like she she gives you that nostalgic uh feel sometimes too when it comes mm-hmm. to the shoes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But now from music, you went to casting. What led you to casting? No, from music, I didn't go to casting. <laughs> oh, okay. I, first of all, let me just say, I've worked every job imaginable and known to man. And I also was working when I was not old enough to work because I forged my um, work permit because, you know, you don't have IDs when you're like 14 and stuff. And yeah, 13. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I've had any any job you can think of. I probably did that or something similar. Um, not stripping and I never sold coke, but any other job. <laughs> um, but I um so I work, I was in music, I worked for Sony um while I was in school. I was a college marketing rep and I did more. Um and I got a job working at the state and I was miserable AF every day. And my mom one day was like, God told me that you were gonna come work for me. And I was like, God didn't tell you that. He ain't not. <laughs> and I promise you, I got fired that day. And well, I, I like to say I got invited to leave for the state. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> As the, mm-hmm. um, that was the only job I've ever been let go of. Um, but I got asked to leave and I started working for my mother, touring more um, with her gospel artists because she was getting a little old. She's not that old, but she was like, look, I ain't got time. You can go tour with them. Cool. So I did that, and one time I was at an event. I don't. I forget exactly how it happened. It was like a fundraiser for a school, and it was like an artist, and I was volunteering. And then I met this lady, Jermaine Leffridge, who put it all together. And mm-hmm. she was, she is the man in the beauty industry. So from music, I went to the beauty industry because she saw how I worked and all that stuff like that, and. Um, 
I work for that. She's the top broker in the beauty industry for all the products that I grew up using. Um, you know, the people who created the Jerry Curl, Lester products, um, mm, okay. she, like any products that was her. So I worked for her for about five years, um, doing planograms, marketing, you know, I was a kind of social media marketing consultant for her. Um, I was on a plane like every three days going to, um, different trade shows and presentations at Rite Aid, Walmart, CVS. And I was just like her go-to. And I learned so much working for, you know, a strong black woman who was super Mm -hmm. successful and you did not play with her. And, um, so I did that and then I left her and went into styling, which I, um, I, I did a lot of notable things. My work is in the African-American Museum um, mm-hmm. and it won an award um, under JT Davis, the Green Book, the Green Book Traveler's Guide Interactive Exhibit. Um, we did that. We won a Muse Award. Um, I've done Beats by Drake commercials, about three of them. One of them had Alexander Ovechkin, Cam mm-hmm. Newton. Um, I also was signed to a top um, agency as a stylist, but I eventually was like, uh, I'm getting money here, but you know, like maybe one big check once a month or a couple gigs a month, but you got to wait 30 days, 50 mm-hmm. days to get paid. Like, how do I get this everyday money? So I then transitioned over um trying to get on TV shows because out here it's a lot of crime shows. So yeah. um yeah. I was thinking I was going in as a stylist or, you know, wardrobe stylist, whatever. And I did, but then the casting person quit. And I was like, oh, I do that. I I do that shit all the time. I I got that. So I was doing styling or wardrobe. Um, I was the wardrobe person. And I also was the casting director at the same time on a crime show on Mm ID. And this was all the way in Georgetown. And I was driving from Baltimore every single day. And working 13 hours. And it was it was hard. It was a mess. I didn't know that they were understaffed and I was completely underpaid. But um, that opportunity at Storyhouse, that was my film school because I had to do me and my team. It was me, Brian. It was like maybe four of us that made the show happen. But mm-hmm. usually on a team, they have about 12 people. Um, mm-hmm. But it was all four of us like, making it happen. And I learned how to hire, hire a crew. Um, if I need to do makeup on set, you know, like I, I, they let me do everything. I learned it all. We got it through. And that was like season one of copycat killers. And now they're probably on season like 20, but, um, you know, I I was grossly underpaid for like a year driving back and forth, putting miles on my car that were unbelievable under, under like, I definitely neglected my my body, my sleep, all my all all my personal life. But I was like, no, I gotta make it. And once I get my foot in here, I'm a I'm gonna make it happen. So um yeah. everybody wanted to know who cast that. And so yeah. that's when I started getting casting jobs. So yeah. you know what's funny? Like casting directors usually become casting directors by accident. Mm. Mm. Like I had a friend and I also interviewed another casting director who cast, who does the casting for Ted Lasso. Oh, uh, dope. And she, she lives all the way in London, but oh, she's nice. one of the cast. She's one of the casting directors. She's not the main one, but she's one of them. Uh-huh. And she said the same thing. She's like, 
I, I forgot how she got it because it was like 20 episodes ago, but she got into casting by accident as well. Wow. And, and I had another friend who's, who's a personal friend of mine. She did a little bit of casting for uh, central casting mm. and by accident, it's like, yo, every casting director gets it by accident somehow, mm-hmm. some way. But it's that skill set of knowing people and picking the right people for the right position. Is it or is it you praying they show up? <laughs> that too, that too. And there's a lot of there's a lot of admin work involved as well. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It's 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 so much. It's man, people think that I'm just like walking down the street, like, oh, you look like a star. But no. nah, it it yes, there is a lot of admin. There's a lot of um, you know, it can be political at times. Um, mm-hmm. but I love it. I, I love it so much. And they have no idea what we go through yeah. um, behind the scenes. And it's, it's, it ain't cute. Yeah, that's <laughs> why my friend was like, I think I'm done casting. He's like, why? Because it's, it's, it's a lot of admin and a lot of politics, like you just said. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. It's like, you, th- you think you'd have fun, like, picking? She's like, no, Martin, it's it's a lot more than that, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done with this. I was like, so what the fuck are you going to do now? She's like, I'm just going to go to North Carolina for a little bit and kind of mellow out a little bit and kind of just chill by the beach and just work here regularly like, all right bet but when you get ready for the industry let me know mm-hmm. and then she was just like don't ever do casting i'm like i i don't know i don't, I don't know i don't know She's like, don't ever do it it's like people that do it they prop props to them but for certain people it's not for everybody it's really not for everybody it is not it's really not um it, it's not for everybody you gotta have patience and you gotta know mm-hmm. like the job is up until it's up you got to yeah. deal with it. It's like you know, the community here. They're like my family. Like it's some family you fuck with, some you don't, some you love, mm-hmm. some you got to take in doses. Some you like, all right, they they going to be there for me when I need them and, you know, vice versa. So, yeah. so but, many different factors and variables that go yeah. in the castle. Yeah. One, one thing that drew me is the, the drive from Baltimore to Georgetown. That's a drive. Yeah. Yeah. That's three hours. That's every day. A hell of a drive. Yeah, that's like me going to New York all every time. Like from mm-hmm. me to New York, it's a four hour drive. Mm-hmm. So and you gotta deal with the traffic and all. So props to you for that. See, like props to you for that one, because you made it work. Yeah. I, I had no choice. I, I was yeah. like, you know, I can't work a nine to five. Like I gotta figure this out. Like mm-hmm. whatever that takes, I'm a I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna make it happen and I'm a good person. So stuff always works out for me. Yeah, yeah. that's what I tell myself anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now the importance of casting, elaborate a little bit of that. Like what what, what comes with it? Like for those that are trying to get into it. Okay, for those that are trying trying to get into it, it is the best time ever to do so because we have technology. We have the we're in the age of the Internet. So Mm -hmm. um, you you don't have it's it's not like that big. you know, like the Wizard of Oz, where they have the big curtain and, you know, you're like, oh, my God, what's behind there? No, you have access to look up different casting directors, follow them on Instagram, call the film office, you know, join Actors Access, join um, Dragon Up Connects if you're in the DMV. And you can apply every single day. And that's how actors apply every day, like you're brushing your teeth. Um, because eventually someone's going to say yes. Even if you're not 100% for that role, that casting director will see you and be like, hey, 
you know what? You're not good for this, but I got a different part that I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't post yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely. It's important um, because when they say uh, act, because, you know, I was an actor myself. So when mm-hmm. one thing they were like, yeah, uh, when you uh, bring a headshot, make sure you have like 30 to 100 headshots because because the casting director is going to keep it. And like you just mentioned, casting director is going to keep it. And then months later, you can get called by that same casting director for a different role. Yeah. And that and that's a little um how how long ago were you an actor? Last thing I did was 2019. Okay. So I don't I don't recommend um the headshots anymore because a lot of people are more green and not green as in inexperienced, but like eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um so like don't don't give me your headshot. Send me an email, but I'm gonna ask for send me a selfie. Send me a headshot, send me a full body, like what you look like today. Hold up a piece of paper so I know it's today. Um, don't send me, you know, you, you would be surprised some of the pictures that I, that I get. And sometimes people like, I, I ain't going to bust you out, but you told me your, your headshot is a little old. So I would cuss you out if I saw your headshot and then you came to set on person, in person, yeah. unless you're identical to this this photo yeah, yeah um because a lot of people will submit amazing photos but they don't look like that anymore mm-hmm. or they're old they're outdated or they're edited or it was the best day where they they got their makeup right and the lighting was perfect mm-hmm. and they they got that angle just like women catfish people and guys catfish people on dating mm-hmm. sites that's the same thing they do to me so i'm gonna look you up i'm gonna look on your facebook i'm gonna look at the tag photos if you got facebook mm-hmm. i want selfies i want several photos that are not professional because you know that that one headshot that might be like your moment like you know everything was just working for you in that angle and that thing Mm -hmm. i need to know like who i'm getting when they show up to set so yeah Yeah. but back in the day yes i would have definitely recommended getting all the headshots and all of that but you know people don't be looking like they headshots so <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. For me, like in this headshot that you see here, I'm definitely a little chubbier than mm-hmm. that one, but now I'm skinnier. Ah, see? And that's see, a, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little skinnier. There's self-tapes now. You could do mm-hmm. a lot more self-tapes. There's a, a, lot. a lot. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I might have to reconsider that. I might, I might have to take your advice on that one. I might just have to because I'm thinking of getting back into acting as well. So oh, well, you, you're in the right way because we got so many different projects that are um, casting right now. And actually, someone just shot me something that's coming to town, too, that I didn't know about. But we have huge projects that are filming in Baltimore, D.C. and Virginia mm-hmm. and like long term projects for like five years. Like, you know, we just had we had House of Cards and, and The Wire, like shows like that for that have five to six year contracts. So now is the time to get back in. Yeah. So we're going to talk after we're going to talk after this. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right around the corner because I'm in the DMV area. You're in the So you're right around the corner. So that's, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, we already talked about the admin port part. Um, Cause there's so many talking points I have because casting, I love talking to casting directors. There's something about them. Um, now. But what about us? What you think it is? It's what just it the the finding the right talent knowing where to place them um and they're just very they're open-minded about things as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I think we are very open-minded yeah. um because we deal with so many different people and mm-hmm. these people we begin to like 
you know, some of them love. And it's like, we have compassion. Like you cannot be a casting director if you have zero compassion. Yes. So it's like, you have to make certain situations work. Sometimes you got to advocate for the production. Sometimes you got to advocate for your actor. Um, So yeah, it's, I think we are, because we know so many people and so many different types of people that we like, we aren't really judgmental. We're like, hey, if that works for you, Go do that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. You know, mm-hmm. we we're not judging nobody. Yeah, it's that's why I love it. It's, that, that, yep. Uh, now there's different types of casting though. There's like the background casting, then there's the main mm-hmm. actor casting, then there's the standing castings. Uh things to look out for in each specter. What do you what do you advise on that? Things to look out for? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Like, like for example, in the background, like for example, what how do you d- differentiate the, the the three things? Oh, um, casting background, casting standings, and casting standing principal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, usually on a pro- on a big production, mm-hmm. there is a background casting director. There is a local casting director that might handle, you know, the people in the area that um, have speaking roles, and then there's another casting director that cast all the celebrities and that would be called principal casting Mm -hmm. um and principal casting they're usually located in la or new york um and in this area like i do a lot of principal casting for commercials and things like that but yes you are exactly right they are all different um background usually they give us um the producer will give us like a breakdown of what they want how many people you know um what they like a, a brief subscription. I mean, a brief um, description of what they'll look like. Um, and we have to now coordinate with COVID, the COVID officer and mm-hmm. compliance, because some, some sets make, make it mandatory for you to be a hundred percent boosted um, or a hundred percent vaccinated. Some they're like, okay, we're going to do testing, but we're basically casting this project as a background casting director, we're casting it three times because we have to make sure that we coordinate the actor. First of all, that the actor fits the part in the role and is okay mm-hmm. with the money and their schedule allots for them to go get um, tested one day, go get fitted another day, go get tested another day to finally make it through set. So that is like, you're basically casting a person four times before they even make it to set. Um so it, it's a lot that goes into it. So mm-hmm. background casting, I mean, it's all hard. It is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it because I love the opportunity to bring people on. Um, but there are certain things like coming in, we have to think about like, okay, is the rate high enough? Because if there are so many things that are that are filming right now, like I said, in Baltimore and DC and Virginia, because a lot of those actors, they do all the different areas. Um, you might not get what you want. So how do you make the incentive and make it work for you to cast the people? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to make it a little higher. Or if you're in an area like in Baltimore, we have a a long history with Johns Hopkins um, being horrific to the people of the land, um, experimenting on Black people. And these are their grandparents, you know, Mm -hmm. kids, my, you know, like, people my parents age and older and it it got so bad that even Henrietta Lacks who was played by um Oprah she that movie was filmed here and so it's like 
I have to tell production sometimes because I do casting and as well as consulting, but I have to consult them on knowing where you are. So, hey, that boosted thing may not be realistic for something filming in Baltimore. Like it's going to affect your outcome mm-hmm. because our numbers are low um, for vaccination, not because of ignorance, not because of the socioeconomic background, but because of the history that's tangible and in a whole movie. Or Johns Hopkins also led the Tuskegee experiment that was in, um, you know, that hurt all the, you know, with syphilis and all that stuff like that. Like the history is there. It's not folklore. It's not a conspiracy theory. So it's like, I have to let them know, like, hey, if you're going to film here, you have to make exceptions Um, or it may not work. And I like to manage expectations there. And that's something that a lot of the actors don't know, that we advocate for them ahead of the time. And that's why it's great to have a casting director that's from the community um, on projects or a, a um, consultant in that area. Yeah, which, 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 which leads me to the next one. You were, were a part of We Own the City casting as well. I was. Uh, and I was also the community consultant. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Which was funny about that is when I was talking to Casey, she actually recommended me to you. And I was actually on episode four watching what? We Own the City. And, and then she was, she was like, you should, you should interview her. And I was like, think of Washington. I was like, the world is funny. It's funny how the world works. It's like, I'm watching yeah. this show right now. And then, yeah, I was on episode four and I was hooked on that. I was hooked on that show. Yeah, that's what's up. A whole, listen, a whole lot of blood, sweat and tears um, went into that. And we, like I said, had three different um, casting directors. And for that, um, Nina Noble, the executive producer, she mm-hmm. linked me with um, the father of casting. Now, that's somebody you need to interview. Um, his name is Grant Wilfley, and he's out of New York, and he has been casting for 30 years. And he has a huge team of like maybe 15 casting directors and maybe like 20 um, assistants. And, you know, it's like I never had a project that had this many values because you you got to think about it. We're doing riot scenes. We're mm-hmm. doing you know, huge police forces and mm-hmm. things like that. So what Nina did, cause she wanted someone from the community, but she also wanted it to be a certain way. And Grant has done um, Batman, Superman, Sex in the City, anything that's filmed in New York, he's done it. If you mm-hmm. look up his IMDb, it's like a thousand films. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Most people mm-hmm. that are like successful might have like, you know, 50, maybe a hundred. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. She's like, but he has thousands. He's like the male version of uh, Carmen Cuba. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. Carmen Cuba, like the Stranger Things, like done. Okay. Like, like her list is very, very long. She's out in LA, but her list is very. She does all the superhero stuff as well. Oh, dope. Okay, so he does. He does background. Um, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. he's he's been doing it forever, and he has it on lock and. Um, he partnered me with um, Allison, who's like my casting sister, and um, we we rocked this thing out. Yeah, yeah, that that because that like you mentioned the riot scene, and that comes with a lot of background as well, like uh, the riot mm-hmm. scenes and a lot. So there's a lot of political political li- politics into it as well. How uh, like how, dealing with that? How close to home did that hit you? Like dealing with that type of stuff, especially what Baltimore's going through. 
Okay. It, it, hit, it hit very home. I mean, it hit home very hard. So mm-hmm. there's another production that films here that shall not be, be named. Um, but what they didn't do is they didn't get people from the city. And I think that that production could have been so dope. But I was like, mm. mm-hmm. like they had the guy is one scene and this will give it away. But the girl is like, hey, is that your friend? And Baltimore has we have like a, a very distinct accent. And this is where he fucked up. She says, that's your friend? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, from where? He goes, from school. And it just ruined the whole movie because he didn't have our accent down. And it's like, that's not how we talk. Like, it's, it's people can't emulate our dialect. So it's better to get people from the land or just have them yeah, talk. Yeah. So, um, man, Ooh, it's this, a mess up. Ooh. It, it, it was bad. Um, and I usually don't critique other projects mm-hmm. openly, but when it comes to my home, it's like, y'all got to get that, get it right. Okay. Yeah, get like, it right. You guys, but, but the principal casting, um, I think it was a, a beautiful black woman. She's dope. And she, if it's who I think it is, I can't remember, but my, I was hurt about that. Yeah, one line. yeah. Cause you guys do have the you sound, but it's not that harsh. It ain't. Yeah, it was like, I was like, the what? You? No, 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 no. Like, and, you and then, you know what? I don't know what they went through behind the scenes. I don't know nothing. So, you know, let me, let me not go hard on that project. Yeah, but I take yeah. projects, you know, that are filmed in my my home. I take mm-hmm. it to heart, mm-hmm. especially when you're telling out stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it, it definitely hit close to home. Um, and we, they kind of had me, like we all worked as a team. Um, I was able to, did, did you see the scene with the the stripper? Yeah. Abira. <laughs> She's on, um, a friend helped me find her. She was on um, Little Women Atlanta on a Lifetime show. So she's mm-hmm. a lead on a reality show. Um, and then also I had to track down Young Moose. That was a lot of fun um, because he was one of the victimized people. Um, and, and those cops, they they locked his mom up. They He, he basically had a, a big, huge record deal and they terrorized him for a year. Um, so I, it was really important for me. And actually, D. Watkins was like, Thea, get moose. That's the only thing I'm asking you to do. And D. Watkins was the writer of episode mm-hmm. three. And he doesn't ask me for anything. So it's like, if D asks you to do something, you just do it. Do it, yeah. So um, that was one of the highlights, um, getting to know moose and tracking him down and practicing with him, and making sure he was there. It was like, he he's a character for sure. So this is probably one of your favorite experiences working with. Williams. No, it was not my favorite. <laughs> well, I'm saying like like working on the set on that set. No, it was really, not. really it was hard. It was the hardest project I've done in my life. No, really? it was not fun. It was not. Um, it all came together, and I love that um, HBO and Nina Noble and the executive producers are behind me and they value the work that I did on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the time, like it was hard and I think it was hard for us all, but seeing how beautiful it came yeah. and you know, how they're, how they're getting behind me and, you know, support me and put me on the podcast, um, the, the podcast for the show and fly me to LA, like putting me at the Maryland film festival with the great, um, David Simon and George Pelicanos, the, the two creators, like 
I I am so grateful for it. And while I was in it, I was like, mm. they're like, it's going to pay off. I promise. I was like, no, it's not. I want to quit today. Like I wanted to quit almost every day. It was yeah. hard, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. Cause yeah. it came out that, that it came out amazing. It it almost, it's like the modern, it, it was like the modern version of the wire almost. Yes. And it was with the creators of the wire. Yep. So, Mm -hmm. I, I'm like a fangirl of The Wire. Like when I met them, mm -hmm. when I met the creators of The Wire, I was like, yo, I met them many years ago. Um, actually, one of the writers, George Falacanos, I was like, yo, I love The Wire. I used to get in the club free and lie and say <laughs> that I was on The Wire because yeah. I had a Baltimore. Um, when I was in college, I had a Baltimore um, ID. So they would let me in and they would really show me love because they thought I was on The Wire because the way they write, they have so many main characters. And mm -hmm. I, I used to have like a viewing party in my my condo in college. Um, we would watch The Wire, The Corner, because I would be homesick. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we it, it was it's definitely a part of the, who I am. The the intro of the um the the show, I was like, this is definitely from the creators of The Wire. When I heard the intro, I was like, okay, this is definitely the creator. It has then, that, that same intro. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. And mm -hmm. the photos are by this dope, dope photographer, Devin Allen. Mm -hmm. um, and you should definitely, we, we should try to get him on the show, but he's amazing. And he was a part of the Freddie Gray riots and he documented all of it. And his photo yeah. got on the cover of Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he is, is, he's from Baltimore. That's a legend. Yeah. That's a Baltimore yeah. legend. Yeah. Not only did he get on the cover of Time Magazine, he also... Um, is the only photographer with a national shoe line. I mean, a shoe uh, collab. So Under Armour and him have a collaboration. He has his own Under Armour shoe. Mm, nice, nice. Because there's a documentary based, there's a documentary uh, about these characters. I mm -hmm. forgot which. Yeah, so D. Watkins, the writer of episode three, he's in it and it's by Sonia um who was actually on the wire mm -hmm. um i forget her last name escapes me right sonia song mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it's called hold on i can tell you the name of it but d Watkins was one of the main people who um talked about it because for this they had to do research um yeah. hold on sonia song it was it was a dope documentary. It was a dope documentary. I watched it like a year before I watched this one. It was like a year ago I watched it, a year and a half yeah, it's ago. It's called The Slow Hustle by Sonya Song. That's what, it, that's what it was. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Because I remember looking at that, I was like, yo, the, the, the name seems similar. Like the, the character seems like, hey, yo, is this? Yeah, it, and I, I went back and I was like, wait a minute. This is, oh, this is the film version of the documentary in a way. Mm-hmm. And so... All of the stuff that they use is is not really um, made up. It's, nope. They have they and and D. Um, I've been he he's like a brother, a friend, and he is a Baltimore legend. He's a four time New York selling author. Um, hopefully, it'll be the fifth. But yeah, mm -hmm. he was one of the main voices that you you saw and heard um, in that in um, mm -hmm. the Slow Hustle, and he also was the writer. Um, for episode three, um, for and yeah. and he's he's from Baltimore, so I just named mm -hmm. you two Baltimore legends, D. Yeah. Watkins and um, uh, Devin Allen. Devin sure. Allen, yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard those names, especially coming from the DMV area. Those names are if you're into the entertainment, you definitely heard those names. Mm -hmm. Definitely heard those uh, names. 
man, sheesh. So if you guys haven't watched that, you definitely got to watch the documentary and the show on HBO Max. It's worth the watch for sure. It's only like six episodes. Six, mm-hmm. yeah, six episodes. It's a really, yeah, it's very, very well done. Very well casted. All, all around great job on everybody's part. Um, now, if your life has, if your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks would you pick? Oh, 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 oh! Wait, how, so can I pick one? Like, what do I do? What happened? I can't. How many songs do I get to pick? Three. If your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks? Three tracks would you pick? Okay, I would pick "Shining Star" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I would pick "Imaginary Player" by um jay Z. <laughs> nice. and i would pick moment in time by music soul child featuring um the kendra family soul and CeeLo. wow those are very nice nice <laughs> nice the imaginary player one was is pretty dope. i love that song yeah what's the difference, yeah. Uh, what's the difference between a 3.5 and a 4.0 like 30 yeah yeah 30 to 40 grand cock sucker beat it yeah <laughs> <laughs> now outside of everything that you do what are some hobbies you like to do okay my hobby um i have a healthy obsession with earth wind and fire mm. um i've seen them probably 13 times and my my amazing fiance he who is one of the most beautiful souls um he proposed to me at the Earth, Wind & Fire show um, mm. in September. He was trying to get the 21st of September, like the song, but mm. it, it, was the per- it was the perfect proposal. Um, so he and I, we love to have fun. Um, my son, his name is Bruce Wayne. He's like my little young bestie. And um, I just like hanging out with them. And my fiance has two sons who I call them my step friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just love our neighborhood and hanging out and going on a boat and just just chilling. Um, I love music. I, lo- I love live shows. I love karaoke. Um, but I, I just, you know, I'm doing what I love. So I really don't you know, my, my, my work is my hobby, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like your work is your hobby because yeah, it's just, yeah. Cause it's fun. Like if you, if you really love doing what you do, it's like, it's not really work. It's just a hobby. And nah, this shit so. is work. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can, and, and you, you can get drained. You can get burnout. You can like, you can neglect your body and mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lot. So I have very strict boundaries and I try to respect everybody else's time as well because I want mine respected, but I do not answer calls after 8 PM or text. I ask mm-hmm. people, you know, do not call me on the weekend. Now, if I accept a project and it might be one weekend day, okay, cool. I'll make that exception. But my health is everything to me. And that comes with my mental health, my physical health and and boundaries to avoid burnout, to have work-life balance because my family deserves me when I'm not working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if I, and people think that because I love this so much, let me call you on the weekend. Nah, we on a boat chilling. Like, yeah. <laughs> go play somewhere. I'm busy. Yes, like. <laughs> go play somewhere. I'm busy. That's it. <laughs> It's no, a Jay-Z but, line, I think. Yeah, I think it, it is. is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Go play somewhere. I'm busy. I, I love using that line. I'm glad you used that. 
<laughs> I love using that line. Um, so yeah, so like you at eight o'clock, you get that that what is that on the text messages like silent notifications on or something like that. It's do mm-hmm. definitely yeah, one of the, it's yeah. not an emergency because you know it's like our industry. We will get burnt out. We will almost kill ourselves, and some people have killed themselves. Look up Sarah Jones. Um, and her family is doing an amazing job to change the laws, but we are not surgeons. We are not saving lives. So mm-hmm. whatever it is, it can wait till tomorrow. Like you yeah. are. And, and a lot of times minorities get in these positions and they feel like, Oh, I got to be overachiever. I got to, I have to answer the call. I have to do this. I have to do that. No, 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 you don't. Mm-hmm. If it's not, if you've given your best for that day and those hours that you are paid for or the scope of work is completed and you've done a good job, turn your phone off and live your life. Enjoy your family. Cause guess mm-hmm. what? You know, you can't so life is short. Exactly. Life is short. These productions will replace you with the quickness. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your family because you only get one. You know, some mm-hmm. people get, you know, second, third, fourth husband. Cool. But love the husband <laughs> you live. You know, love your child. And and that's my goal. That's my mm-hmm. hobby. Loving mm-hmm. on my child and loving on my partner for sure. With, with that said, what's the best advice you can give to overall? Just anything. Best advice you can give who, to Who am person. I talking to? Who am I talking to? Like who who's my audience that I'm giving this advice to? That's what I want to know. Casting directors, anybody in the entertainment industry. Anyone in the entertainment industry. Um, um, I like that rebuttal, by the way. It's like, who, who am I talking to? Hold up here. Back up. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to, you, you got to know your audience. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to tell somebody that, you know, I don't want to tell somebody the wrong thing or mm-hmm. something that's not for them. But um, I would just tell everyone, be good humans, you know, and, mm-hmm. and help people. Be kind. It don't cost nothing. And, you know, it, it takes nothing away with you to lift other people up. Um, so with that being said, I want to give a shout out to D. Watkins. <laughs> um, uh, all, all the Baltimore legends that are on the come up, Larry Cottle, um, you know, it's just so many of us that are in Baltimore doing things. So lift lift each other up as you climb. Um, say people's names in rooms that they don't walk in. Because if your team is strong, you know, we could be each other's crutches. I think that's another Jay-Z quote. But yeah, uh, we'll say. fall because we'll be each other's crutches. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just putting my team on, you know, Bird, uh, D. Watkins, Kondwani, Devin, um, you know, shout out to Peanut King, all all the legends of tomorrow. My fiance with Story Farm, shout out to them. Um, the Tia's, like everything, Asia Lou Casting. I have to shout out these minorities that are killing it, doing a doing the big things. People from my town doing big things. Karan Watkins, who manages D and um, Devin, like. We have to say these names, and it takes nothing away from you from bringing up other dope people um and and the next person is not your competition they might be your help like um mm-hmm. so shout out to kendall cooper who mm-hmm. is a cast director that just referred me to a dope position and yolanda hunt that just sent me an email for another and both of them are dope as casting directors and another casting director is asia Lou casting um who's doing different things and we're trying to we're just trying to make the world better and you know by not looking at people like your competition, yeah. you actually have a community mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and shout out the DJ son. There you go. <laughs> One more. <laughs> now, uh, now, Camp Good Life. Elaborate the mission yes. behind on that. Oh my God! So, the the producer I mentioned, JT Davis, who mm-hmm. is the producer for fifteen of the African American. Um, museums interactive exhibits and one of them won an award hey us that I was the one but JC Davis is a very passionate producer she's a mom she's a wife she's all the things um and she's actually all of the industry people she's like our mom like hold up what you think about this so she and she created Camp Good Life to bring I, I I'm just I guess I'm gonna say kids from the hood and kids that look like me up into the mountains and have them taught by people that look like us. Um, because, you know, you see somebody that's white and you're like, oh, okay. But they don't know that people like me exist. Mm-hmm. And we had um, Hans Charles um, on the board and um, Brian and, um, uh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a, a blank. But we <laughs> take them up in the mountains for the summertime for free um, for one weekend. And we teach them about, the different jobs, the industries, we break them up in groups and we have one of them might produce a music video. One of them might do coding. One of them might do, um, you know, there's just so many different things that we break them up into. And um, we we just, we introduced them and said it's life because exposure is just everything. And the way she's so passionate about it, it's just amazing. And I'm passionate about it as well. Um, so yeah, shout out to Camp Good Life. Follow them on Instagram. It's JT Davis TV. Hit her up, tell her you want to help, whatever. Um, but this is it's just so important because a lot of stuff in the industry is kept so hush hush and stuff is accidental. Like you said, like how I got in was kind of accidental, but we want to be intentional and we want to bring these people right. on these kids and let them know like, Hey, like I was a bartender in college. Maybe I could have just been a production assistant and Mm. making the same amount of money and been working more towards my career. But we just had to let them know that these options are available. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Yeah. You never know what the industry where it might take you because you might start off with one thing and you could be doing something else. That's even worth more, more, more your time. Absolutely. For sure. It's important. Now, towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 rapid questions I got from Inside the Actor Studios as I honor honor its host, James Lipton. Okay. Um, What is your favorite word? Word or words? Favorite word. What's my favorite word, (laughs) Biatch? I don't know if Biatch would be it. Um, sometimes it depends on what day. It might be Biatch. I don't know. That might be my favorite <laughs> word. I would say compassion. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on in life? My man. What turns you off in life? Um, liars. Mm. What sound or noise do you love? Mm, my son's voice. What sound or noise do you hate? People that talk too much and they be lying and just <laughs> those. That's the sound I hate. Yeah. Uh, over talkers, pretty much. Oh, over. 
you know, like the hefty wagon and it's empty. They just talking and, and lying and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, over talkers. Yeah. No, but some, some people over talk, but they just be real interesting. But the ones that be exaggerating and lying, them. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite curse word? Biatch. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably biatch. <laughs> what shout profession? Out to short. What, yeah, shout out to Short for sure. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. What profession? Um, well, I kind of like shout out to Nina Noble, the executive producer and creator of The Wire and We Own the City. She kind of threw me into community consulting. So I'm having fun with that. I like it. I like it here. So that's what I'm I'm attempting next. I just want to consult people and get paid off of what I know and have experienced out here. Mm-hmm. What profession would you not like to do? Um, mm, wardrobe. Mm. I'm done with that. I quit. People still hit me <laughs> up. I'm like, no, I have retired. Mm-hmm. And the last one is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, that's your table over there. They go, your man, your kid. Well, hold up. It depends. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I, I don't want us all to die. So hold on. Let's just say 100 years from now, because my son has to live a long, full life. But um, I would want God to say, like, yo, you a real one. You did good. Mm-hmm. Any last words you'd like to give the people and any any more shout outs and where can they follow you on the social? Okay, so let me get this the social out the way. You can follow me on social at Thea Washington Casting and um, put your notifications on because I don't have a schedule for my lives, but I I give out all the gems and, and tea for free on what's happening in this industry. Um, but yeah, so shout outs. I definitely got to give a shout out to D. Watkins and his book, Black Boy Smile. I have to give a shout out to Story Farm for having an epic party. Kim Tuning for being the people's champ um, for all the Black people and actually all the people in production. She's dope. She's a wardrobe costumer. Um, Gazi Young, who is on set, killing it and two time Emmy nominated. Shout out to my therapist, Sherry Grant. <laughs> Mm, shout out to Casey for recommending me why am I up here like I'm getting an award but yeah definitely shout (laughs) out to you know shout out to all of Baltimore and people who feel like they can't because they can so Mm -hmm. it's just the people around you that sucks if you feel stuck Mm -hmm. that's all and you're probably going to get an award so this is good practice hey you know let's put that out there in existence I love it. I love and, it so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, shout out to Casey Anderson for making this happen and for always holding me down on anything. And she always, always giving me the best advice, always keeping it real. Oh, uh, I love her. She's, she's everything. She's, uh, she, I, I'm, I get intimidated by her sometimes. I'm like, oh, but then she means well. <laughs> she means well. Like she just throws it at you. She's like, Marvin, you got to do this. And this is how you got to do it. I'm like, fuck, I feel offended, but I shouldn't be offended. Um, no, no, no. That's, that's fine because yeah. you know she gives you a compliment. It's gonna yeah. be great. She don't so, got that fluff, and I love it. And I love as, it. Yeah, as yeah. dope as she is in like her career and life, she's just as equally beautiful. Like mm-hmm. just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She means well sure. all around. She means well all around. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. This is another episode of Intuitive Minds podcast featuring the legend Theo Washington. Hey. Peace. <laughs>